about us, so passionate about us. Thank you this morning. We love you. Thank you for tearing down every stronghold in our lives where the enemy has come in like a flood. We declare the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. Thank you, Father, for the miraculous we see every day in our lives, God. It's a miracle that we woke up today. It's a miracle that we're healthy today. It's a miracle that we're here today, God. We worship you. Give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, I just want to pray for everyone, anyone who's got something. you got something going on in your life this morning, sickness in your body, lack in your finances, something going on. You just want me to agree in prayer with you this morning. Not a big, long prayer, but just agree in the name of Jesus. I want you to just come forward to the altar right now. Just quickly, quickly. Come on, quickly. Come to the altar. doesn't take long. It just says, if we touch and agree in the name of Jesus, just in the name of Jesus. Just in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's no mountain he won't climb. Would you sing that again, Kevin? There's no, what was it? No shadow you won't light up. I like that. I like that. Good morning, sir. It's so good to see you. Amen. Coming after me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that at this altar this morning? You won't tear down coming after me. Coming after you. Did it for you. Yeah. Light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Come on, lift your hands. Let him minister to you right here at this altar. Come on. Lie won't tear down. Coming after me. Just for you. He'd do it just for you. Just for you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we tear down every lie. We, right now, we tear down every stronghold that's been erected in our minds against the knowledge of God and the true knowledge of His will for our lives. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We put the blood of Jesus against every stronghold and declare that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We're redeemed. And, the, and as we sang this morning, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So in every person on this, on this, at this altar this morning, say, I am redeemed. <coughs> say it again. Say, I am redeemed. I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from poverty. I am redeemed from lack. I'm redeemed from confusion. I'm redeemed from emotional turmoil. I'm redeemed from anxiety. I'm I'm redeemed from depression. I'm redeemed from anything that is not like God and is not allowed in heaven. If it's not allowed in heaven, it's not allowed in me. So I declare whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I declare my freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Anything that's not like God, go now in Jesus' name. Now healing come. Hallelujah. Say it. Healing come now. Provision come now. Peace come now. Joy.
anything I need, come to me now in Jesus' name. I lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we, we declare healing over Letitia. In Jesus' name. 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 Come on, sing that again. Mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Come on, sing it again. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Just for me, just for me, just for me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Come on, he did it just for you, just for you. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. love of God oh it chases me down fights till I'm found leaves the night in I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it but still still you give yourself away oh the overwhelming never ending Reckless love of God. Lord, we just bask in your love right now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness to us, Lord. Your mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures. Hallelujah, Lord. My lips will praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you this morning. You're so worthy, Lord. So worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody like you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor and the adoration. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt you. We lift you high above it all, Lord. We lift your word high above it all. We lift your name high above it all. We lift your blood, the blood that's there on the mercy seat that cries out on our behalf forever, forever before your throne, Lord. We just thank you for the blood. We just thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Ooh, the sweet, sweet presence of God is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Give it to you, Lord God. My life is yours. My life is not my own. Free God to make something beautiful out of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody shout amen this morning. Would you shout hallelujah? Yes. Say for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. Amen. Would you find somebody to hug over the next minute or two? Find somebody you don't know and say good morning and God bless you. How's everybody this morning? Good, good, good. So good to see everyone. I'm telling you, a lot can happen in a week. In a week's time, a lot can happen. Miss Toby was on the operating table Monday morning having her heart valve replaced. And here she is this morning. Send it, Mom. Here she is. Can you stand up and let everybody see you? This is what victory looks like. Amen. Y'all, excuse me just a second. I tore up my, it fell out, fell out of my pocket in the back and snatched it off my head and, okay, there we go. I'm good. Oh, my dates are wrong? Oh, my, oh man. Too bad. You know why that happened? I started doing my sermon this morning. And uh, I was trying to close out uh, stuff that was also open on my computer, and I closed out my sermon I had just prepared and lost it. So I had to start all over. <laughs> so that's why the date is wrong, y'all. Today is the 20th, so if you'll just change October 13th to October the 20th, we'll all be good. Everybody good this morning? Everybody happy? Everybody full of God? Glad you're in the church? 
Amen. Amen. Well, y'all look great this morning. <clears throat> Did everyone receive <clears throat> your welcome packet when you came in? <clears throat> Anyone you did not receive your welcome packet, would you raise your hand? The ushers will come and assist you and bring you a welcome packet. All right, good. So everyone got one. All right, if you need a pen, raise your hand and the ushers will come and, and, and uh, deliver a, a pen right to your row. Let's get everybody set. <clears throat> and then you have a... <clears throat> Water won't fix it. Um, you have a clipboard right there on your seat, so use your clipboard so you can follow along with the sermon and fill in the blanks and... Um, be a part of, of what we're learning here this morning. Let that be your study guide all week long. All right. Well, I have some announcements for this morning. Don't forget that we're going to be doing a, a trunk or treat. Um, for those of you here for the first time, we welcome you. So glad you chose to, to worship with us this morning. So glad that you're here. You, we had you wear a VIP sticker because you're very important to God and you're very important to us. So we're, we're glad you're here. Amen. There's a connection card that was in your packet if you would just fill that out and uh, at the end of service you're going to take it right over here to our vip welcome station um, with Ernest. Ernest is going to meet you right over there at the welcome station after service you'll just turn in your card there and he has a gift for you as well as some other information that we want to uh, make sure we bless you with before you leave so welcome can we let our visitors know how glad we are they're here this morning yeah welcome glad you're here amen all right now let's look at the um at the announcements. Okay, trunk or treat. Y'all, this is going to be an outreach to the community. I'm super excited about this, um, which is going to be on Halloween night, Thursday, October 31st. It's a trunk or treat. Now, we are Christians, so our trunk or treat is a little bit different. Um, our, we have 16 trunks reserved so far. We'd have hot dogs and chips and juice and water. Um, so uh, are you asking them to bring those items to church? Is that what that says on there? Okay, well, that's no good. Well, <laughs> well, so we're, well, the church will take care of that. The church will take care of the hot dogs and chips and all that kind of stuff. So just bring, just come with your trunk decorated. Now we don't do scary. So no cowboys. <laughs> no, you could, you could, yeah, you could trick out your trunk with blue lights and cowboy stars, and you, you could, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, Astros fan, you can, you know, trick out your trunk for what your favorite team is. Or you can make it a harvest theme. You can, I think Murray and I are thinking about putting uh, bales of hay and pumpkins in our, tr- in our truck or in our trunk, whatever. We're just going to, you know, make it, make it cool. Amen. Make sure you have candy and prizes and things like that for kids. So it's about them going around to the different trunks. We'll have games and that kind of stuff. So, so just be prepared. We have a jumper coming. And, the, and, the, and also the other church down the way is also going to be participating that night as well. So we ought to have a really, it's, a, it's an outreach to the community. So we want to come and be a part of that. All right. Then we are um, having a one-day revival on Wednesday, November the 6th at 7 p.m. Apostle John Wesley Williams, my brother, is going to be here. And he flows in the prophetic. And so I'm excited about him coming and speaking the word of God over you. I mean, he doesn't know you, but he'll be able to speak the word of God into your life. Amen? Because I'm your pastor. I'm supposed to know what's going on with you. Amen? But when someone comes in that you know does not know you, doesn't know what's going on in your life, and they speak a word over you that, that is right on time and, and sort of like reading your mail, that really lets you know that God is on the throne, right? So you want to definitely be here. Invite someone to come with you that night too. Wednesday, November the 6th, 7 p.m., We'll get you out of here in time to get the kids in bed and all that kind of stuff. All right. And then tomorrow, 
we begin our 28 days of fasting and prayer. It's a season of consecration that we're going to be beginning starting tomorrow. So you're like, Pastor, do I have to fast the whole time? Well, we're going to fast the whole 28 days, but that doesn't mean you can't have any food for the whole time. What you're going to do is like select a fast that works for you. So you're going to want to maybe give up coffee or sodas. You know, we need to give up that kind of stuff from time to time anyway. It's good to have a soda every now and then. But if you're having sodas all day, every day, that's probably not real good for your health. Y'all so mad at me this morning, I see. Y'all just glaring at me. But that's okay. I'm not scared of you. Amen. Because from time to time, we do need to fast and consecrate and pray and uh, spend time in God's presence. So um, it's good if you want to give up sodas or you want to give up coffee or like for me, I'm going to give up uh, sugar and carbs the first week. I'm going all in the first week, giving up sugar and carbs. Then the next week, I'll give up meat. And then the next week, you know, I may just have another week where I just do fruits and vegetables. And then, and then maybe the last week, I'll do just liquids. So it's sort of a progressive fast. You know, I don't suggest that you try to go the whole 28 days, you know, and just do a full fast. But you pray and ask God what to do. But the purpose is that we're consecrating for 28 days and praying and really focusing spiritually at another level. I want everyone to be on the prayer call every morning for the next 28 days. We're going to pray. Of course, we pray every day, but we're going to be praying over the vision of the church and the things that we're really fasting and praying about um, are, is, is the direction that we're, we're going here to build out our children's ministry as well as finish building out our uh, sanctuary. So this is a vision moment I want to share with you. And uh, we will end our fast on Sunday, November the 17th with our church Thanksgiving dinner. That was a good place to say amen right there. We're back on food. We're back on food as soon as church is over. So we're going to have our uh, Thanksgiving Day meal. So prepare your favorite Thanksgiving recipe and bring it into church that morning. We'll have our big, wonderful Thanksgiving dinner together on Sunday, the 17th of November. That will be when we break our fast after service is over. Yes, Yuri? We're going to watch the Cowboys. Are the Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving? If they're still in, if they're still in. No, we'll probably watch the Texans. Yeah, are the Texans still on? Yeah, the Texans. The Texans aren't playing? When? Who? Oh, y'all stop. Anyway, on the 17th, we'll watch football. Whoever's playing right after, we'll, we'll watch football and, and have our Thanksgiving meal together afterwards. But we're going to fast that whole time. And also on the 17th is going to be a day of worshipful giving where we are giving towards the vision of the church, which is to take this area right here, right through here, is going to be our, our new sanctuary, which will make this area available to go from, say, well, go ahead and show the picture. Our new sanctuary right through those doors will be something like this right there, just to kind of show you what we're doing. Yeah, so it's going to kind of, we're going to slide that open, and we'll go into there for, 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 to start having church in there. And then immediately once we're in there, we're going to make this into our children's ministry. So from here all the way over to that wall, to that where that post is right there, all the way over there, this will all be children's ministry here for the older children. Amen. Because we, we really have had them piled in there in the little ministry room that we have right now. And as we grow, we've got to have more place for our kids. So, um, so we're going to have, that will be for our younger children over there. That'll be known as the ark. And, uh, we'll have, uh, 
this will be mostly glass on this back part. So when kids come in, I want them to see on purpose, this whole area over here is going to be our redemption center because we give kids Bible bucks during service. So as they pr- participate in class, if they can remember their scripture, if they can say their, um, their uh, class confession, they have a, cl- a children's class confession, they can say that confession, then they'll um, get Bible bucks. If they bring a friend, they get Bible bucks. If they bring their Bible, they get Bible bucks. They get rewarded for participating in church. Amen. And so at the end of church, they go over to our redemption center, which will be right over there where they'll be able to redeem their Bible bucks for prizes and, and, uh, candy and all that kind of stuff. So won't that be wonderful? I want glass back there because I want, as kids come in, I want them to be able to see it and go, I want to go to this church. Amen. (laughs) So we want it to be a children's ministry, literally, that is just second to none for this area. Amen. We're just called to reach people all around, and we want them to come in into here and just to be absolutely blessed. And so our new sanctuary is going to be amazing. We're a little bit closer this week than we were on last week. I just got to give it up to Chemo. Where is Chemo? Chemo, just he's in the back there who's been working so hard to put our ceiling tiles back in, and, and Yuri's been working every day. Evelyn came and worked. Shelly came and worked. Just thank you to all of y'all who've come in and worked on putting our ceiling back in and getting that all together. We're almost ready to paint it. And then once, once we paint it, I can flip the light switch on, get the, the lights turned on over there, and we'll be ready to go. I'm excited for this new level that we're going into. But you know what? We have to press together as a church family to do it. It's not going to happen if we don't decide to get committed and get involved with our finances, with our, our, um, our, our, our time, talent, and treasure. So with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure, we're going to make this thing happen. And so between now and the 17th of November, we're preparing an offering, a Thanksgiving offering to bring to the Lord. That's so that every week you get paid, you can put a little something back, not your regular tithes and offerings, but something that's a special Thanksgiving offering that you set aside as a sacrifice to bring into the house of God to make sure that this goes forth. Amen? So we'll have a day of giving on that, that Thanksgiving day, the 17th, when we break our fast. Um, we will have a day where we give a, a, a Thanksgiving offering to the Lord. And that offering is going to go towards building out the children's ministry, finishing up our sanctuary in there. Amen. Are you all excited about that? I am super excited. Amen. Okay. Well, um, are you all ready for the word this morning? Yes. All right. Well, hold your... No sheet in your hand, and let's just make a faith declaration and, and declare that God's doing something with the word that's being planted in our hearts. You know, it's not about the word that you know, but it's about the word that you put to work. Amen. It's about the word that you do. He said, if you'll, for, if you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord and be careful to do all the things that I command, he said, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. He said, you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. Amen. You're blessed when you go in, blessed when you come out. Hallelujah. You lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The blessings of God come upon us when we're doers of the word. So if you're going to do it, you got to hear it. So you got to hear it so it becomes faith in your heart and you'll be a doer of that word. You'll act on the faith, on, on what you really believe. Amen. So this morning we're about to hear the word of God. It's about to go in and it's about to make a harvest of fruitfulness in our lives. Amen. Y'all with me? All right, make this declaration. Hold it up and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. 
I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap somebody, high five, and say it's a good morning. Amen. All right, well, open up your note sheets, put it on your clipboard, and let's get going. All right, so this morning I want to talk to you about consecration because we're going into a 28-day period of time where we consecrate ourselves, where we set ourselves apart, set ourselves apart for God, where we focus spiritually. Amen. We have to have times, and usually two to three times a year I will call a church-wide fast where we fast and pray together and get on the same page so that we can do anything. The Bible says that when the people is one, he says they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing they propose to do will be impossible for them. So we know that if we all get on the same page and we're all saying and doing the same thing, that we that nothing we try to do will be impossible. This will not be impossible. For a small group like us, we can get it done. Amen? Let me take this off since it's clicking a whole lot. I'm having microphone issues this morning. No, it's fine. I'm just have to take my earring off. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. All right, there we go. Y'all don't let me forget that. Put that back on. All right. So we usually consecrate two or three times a year where we focus spiritually as a church together in one accord towards a specific goal. And so this goal is to build out this children's ministry and to finish out that sanctuary. We're really close to finishing that sanctuary. So number one, God is able to do amazing things when we consecrate ourselves. Amazing things when we consecrate ourselves. Joshua 3.5 says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things or wonders among you. And this was the day before they crossed over the Jordan. Now, we know when they crossed over the Red Sea that God opened the sea for them. But, you know, God did the same thing when they crossed over the Jordan to go into the promised land. He said when the priests step into the water, the waters are going to stop. And it said the water stopped in a heap on this side. And they just it was a river so that water just ran on down the other direction until they were able to go across. He said, but this time I don't want you to forget. I want you to set up 12 memorial stones so you don't ever forget that I brought you through these waters, that I stopped the waters for you. I brought you into this land because he said, I'm the one who's given it to you. So he told the people, consecrate yourselves, set yourselves apart. So when we set ourselves apart for God, he's able to do amazing things. So consecrate means to dedicate ourselves, sanctify ourselves, which means to set yourself apart to come away holy. So God calls us away to himself when he gets ready to do something great. And this is throughout the Bible we see this. We see when we look at Abraham, the life of Abraham, God told Abraham, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything that's comfortable in your life, everything that's, that's, that, that's you've established there. Leave your family, leave your country. I want you to leave everything and come with me out to a nation. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to take you to a land that I will show you. Abraham had to leave everything that was comfortable. I wonder what we're so comfortable in right now that we're rejecting the move of God for our lives because we just want to stay comfortable. See, God calls us out to the uncomfortable place so that he can do something amazing in our lives. So we have to decide, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, it's uncomfortable to fast. I'd rather just have my sodas and my coffee. Leave me alone. Get out of my plate. 
You know, I'd rather not do that, but you know what? I'm going to do it because I know what Scripture shows happens when I consecrate, when I come away and be separate with God and really have times of focused consecration. Amen. So Abraham came away and God made a great nation out of him, a great nation. He said, Abraham, you're going to be blessed and you'll be a blessing. So he called him out from mediocre into an amazing life. It was a wonder what God did with Abraham's life. And he's been the father of faith. We still talk about Abraham to this day because of his faith. Amen. Amen. So God can do those amazing things. And he did it with Abraham. He did it with Esther. Esther consecrated herself. When the Jews, the lives of the Jews were on the line, they were all going to die. The king was, the king had given a royal decree, which could not be turned around. Once he'd made a decree, he could not undo a royal decree once it had been spoken and king the king was best friends with the guy who wanted to kill all the jews so esther was in a position how do i get between this guy and his best friend come on girls y'all know what i'm talking about how do i get between this guy and his best friends so she said y'all i'll tell you what you're going to do fast and pray for me for three days and three nights don't eat or drink anything and i'll go before the king so they she consecrated before god could do an amazing thing and she did go before the king which was death if you hadn't been called but she went before the king, and he, he extended this, the royal scepter to her. And not did she just go before him, but she put on a royal robe. So she looked nice. She was looking fine before she went. Amen. you got to use some wisdom sometimes, too. You're looking for favor. You better go looking good. Amen. So she stood out in the court, and he extended the royal um, scepter to her. And he said, what do you want? Girl, you look so fine up to the half of my kingdom. You just tell me what it is. It's yours. And she was wise about the way she handled that. God gave her wisdom. She consecrated for three days and had people fast and pray for her for three days. Are you hearing me? And and God gave her such wisdom that she didn't just go up before the king in her fine-looking dress and say, well, that dude that you're hanging with over there, he's my problem. She didn't do that. She said, if it please the king, come to a banquet that I'm going to prepare for you and him. She prepared a banquet and asked him to come. And the king says, now tell me what it is. Esther, what is it that you want? It could have been, she could have thought, but see, God gave her wisdom to know it's still not time yet. He's not ready yet. So she didn't put her hand on her hip and go to town saying, this guy right here is ready to kill all my people. I think you need to just not hang out with him anymore. She didn't do that. She knew it still wasn't. God gave her wisdom to know timing and to know that the king's heart wasn't ready yet. So she said, if it pleased the king, I will make another banquet for you. So she made another spread, another royal banquet for the king and his friend. And it was at that time that finally she was able to get through the information she need to, needed to so that the king would be on her side. And uh, he's the one who actually was the one who ended up getting hanged on the gallows that they had prepared for her uncle. So God is able to turn some things around supernaturally when we consecrate. Amazing things can happen. Wondrous things can happen. But many times we just don't do it. Many times we know, what is that old song? Um, everything to God in prayer. Oh, oh, what, what is it? Pain we often suffer all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. See, if we'll consecrate, we, sometimes we choose to worry instead of spending that time with God in prayer and coming out with your peace and your hope. Amen. God's able to do great things when we, when we consecrate. Hannah. Hannah consecrated herself because she was unable to have children. She was beside herself upset because the husband's other wife, she had a sister wife. The sister wife would just give her a hard time because she didn't have any children. 
you know, she, her, the sister wife had, had four or five kids, but she, but Hannah didn't have any kids. And so the sister would just give her a terrible time because she didn't have any kids. And so, um, Hannah, uh, they, they had all gone up for a feast and Hannah wouldn't even eat. She consecrated herself instead and went to the, went to the sanctuary and she knelt down before God and she began to pour out her heart before God. She consecrated and she poured out her heart before God. And she said, God, if you'll give me a son, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. In other words, I'm consecrating myself to you to do, not just do something for me, but I want you to do a wonderful, amazing thing, to give me a child that I can give back to you that will be a great man of God. She said for his whole life, he'll be lent to the Lord. So she asked for the ability to consecrate a gift, her son, to give her to her son to, to the house of God. So she made him a little ephod and a little priestly outfit when she finally had this child she did have the child and she brought him and she gave him to the house of god and he grew up to be a great man of god he was samuel samuel who anointed david as king who anointed saul as king who was the mouthpiece of god and the man of god for his day but it was an amazing thing it was a wondrous thing but it came because of consecration y'all say that word with me say it again came because she consecrated herself Amen. And then Daniel. We know that Daniel was a man of God who fasted and prayed. And he, it was his custom to pray three times a day. He would throw open the windows and he would, and he would pray for everybody to even see him praying. He didn't care. Amen. But whenever he began to fast and pray and consecrate himself for 21 days, the moment that he opened his mouth and began to pray and consecrate, um, the, uh, the power of God was released. Amen. So Daniel, he, he had become, had gone to consecrate and to seek the Lord. And, uh, on the 24th day, he fasted and prayed for 21 days. On the 24th day, the Lord came and spoke to him. Daniel 10, 12. It says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand. So on the first day of the fast. Y'all hear me this morning? On the first day of the fast. See, on the first day of the fast, you might just feel like I'm hungry. I really want that snicker bar I usually have at 4 o'clock every day. Amen. But listen, on the first day of the fast, he says on the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, to consecrate, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. And if you go and read, you ought to read about that this week where Daniel actually saw the Lord. The Lord came and spoke to him and talked to him and talked to him for chapters about the things that were coming, some of the things that we're living out today in our day. He talked to him. So it was a wonderful, amazing thing that happened, but it happened because of his... Y'all got to preach better than that this morning. It happened because of his... Because of his consecration, Jesus often retreated to a place by himself to go and to pray and to seek God's face. After he'd done a lot of miracles, he would just slip off and slip away and go up into the mountains by himself and talk to God. Then he'd come down with new instructions. He'd say, we got to go through Samaria or we got to go over here. we got to go over there. He would come down with some new instructions because he had consecrated himself. Amen? So Jesus often did that. Luke... Um, Luke uh, 5, 15 through 16, it says, Great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by them, uh, by him of their infirmity. So that's a wondrous thing, isn't it? 
That's an amazing thing. So he himself often did what? Withdrew into the wilderness and prayed, or he consecrated. That's why Jesus had the miraculous life that he did, and the miraculous things that followed, because he consecrated. He kept himself consecrated before God all the time. All right, number two, some amazing things can happen through times of fasting and prayer. They can only happen. Some amazing things can only happen. Some things are only going to happen because we fast and pray. There are some strongholds that may have been built up in your life. There may be some things that you're facing that where the devil has a real firm grip in some areas of your life. There are some that only turn loose because you consecrate. Because you fast and pray. So you're looking for some power. You're wondering why you keep going around the same mountain. Have you consecrated until you get skinny? I mean, shut it down and fast and pray and say, God, I am earnestly seeking you. I want to know what, you know, what's going on here. What do I, what do I need to do? Look at Matthew 17, 20 through 21. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So that's why two to three times a year I call a church-wide fast. So don't get mad. I'm pushing you towards greatness. I'm pushing you towards something better. I'm pushing you to get out of your comfort zone and stretch out into something that God has for you where you might hear a a word from God that will be just the wisdom you need or just the key you need, just the nugget you need to take you into that next level of life that you've been pushing for forever. Amen. All you need sometimes is one word from God. Just one word from God can change everything. It cause you to be bold and to step out where you've been shy before. One word from God can cause the, the miraculous and, and just wondrous, amazing things to spring forth in your life. So, so, so don't get mad. Just press into it. Amen? See it as an opportunity for God to do something great. So for the next 28 days, we are fasting and we are praying in order to spiritually focus on the level of commitment that we need for uh, to finish the work of God and to finish building out this house. Not just that, but the things in our own lives. Amen. We're fasting and praying. And get on that prayer call every morning. We're on the prayer call every single morning. If you don't know how to get on the prayer call, look on the back of your note sheet right there. If you just text XLR8 to 97000. Text XLR8 to 97000, and you'll be signed up to be on the on the. Uh, the prayer call reminder text that goes out every morning at 725 because we pray at 730 every morning. Amen. It's not long. You can do it. You can just listen in on your way to work and just get blessed. Amen. As we pray together, if we will agree, one puts a thousand to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight. Amen. So we come together. This, this power of agreement is enacted or, or, or um, activated and we'll have what we say. Amen. Nothing will be impossible to us. All right, number three, consecration is a time of breaking our will to do the will of God. Breaking, number three, breaking. Consecration is a time of breaking our will to do the will of God. Joel 2.12 says, give me all your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. So it's a time also of reflection. Lord, is there an area that you're not pleased with? Be open to let God tell you some areas where he wants you to to come up and do better. Amen? Don't we all want to do better? Lord, take me. Show me if there's any evil way in me. Show me if there's anything you're you're not pleased with. Amen? It might be the one thing that's holding me back. 
Maybe there's that one thing that's keeping you back and you just need God to shine a light on it and show you. Amen. So it's a breaking of our will to do the will of God. Psalm 51, 17 through 19. The sacrifice you desire is a what? A broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you'll be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit. When we bring our, our offering, we want it to be with truly with a grateful heart. We've turned aside to a season of fasting and prayer so that I can come with my offering and truly be just full of gratefulness to, pour, to just lay it down before God. Amen? So I like how it says here, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. When I come broken and repentant before God, look what it says. Look with favor. God starts looking with favor on your life. When you come with a broken spirit, he comes with and just broken before God, not my will, but your will be done. You come with that sort of a heart. Favor. God starts looking on your life with favor. And then he begins to rebuild things. Amen. So we want to come with the right spirit. Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a what? A clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. All right, number two, let's look at bold tithing. I know we've been talking about giving, and twice a year we teach on giving because it is so important to your life. It's God's way of blessing our lives. Amen. So, number one, let's get, let's get some, uh, some knowledge here on what the tithe is and how, what, what does it mean. Number one, the tithe belongs to God. The tithe belongs to God. So Leviticus 27.30 says, and all the tithe, would y'all underline all the tithe on your note sheet there? All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So the tenth part of all of our increase, the tenth part of whatever we have, that tenth part belongs to the Lord. It doesn't even belong to us. So when we look at our money, we have to look at it that way and say, once I give the 10%, I still have 100% of my money. Amen. Because that tenth part, the tithe is what? Holy. And it belongs to who? Say that. The tithe belongs to God. It's his. The tithe is his. So um, so after we give the tithe, we still have 100% of our money, and then we honor him with offerings from what is our own. From what is left over, we honor him with an offering. So number two, not with the whole thing, but you select a portion of your offering and a proportion of what you have as an offering and bring it before the Lord. He talks about us returning to him in, in uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. He talks about um, return to me. You, even you, this whole nation, return to me. And you say, in what way shall we return to you? He says, in tithes and offerings, in tithes and offerings. So not just one or the other, but in both. So this is a time where we'll return to the tithe and offering if we've gotten away from that. So, um, so number two, tithing places a consecrated blessing on the rest. Tithing, it places a consecrated blessing on the rest. Okay, consecrated, we found out it means to be set apart. It means to be holy to the Lord, right? So when we take out of what we have, the tenth part, and we put it in the church, it's holy, it's God's, right? then that causes a consecrated blessing to come on what's left of mine. Amen. So when I bring it into the house of God, it becomes holy. The tithe becomes holy, correct? Then what I have left that belongs to me also becomes holy and consecrated and blessed. You want your money to be blessed. Amen. So when you bring the tithe in, that causes a blessing to rest on the rest. 
Amen. So you don't want your money to be not blessed. Amen. I have seen so many people who began to tithe who had never tithed before, and they come just not being able to believe how God blows your mind with the miraculous things that he does. It's just amazing. All right, number two, tithing. I already said that. Tithing places of resting, okay? Malachi 3, 10 through 12, it says bring, bring what? Would y'all underline all the tithes? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse or the church, right out next to where it says storehouse, right church. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse or into the church that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. All nations and all nations will call you blessed. So some people like to say, well, that's part of the old covenant. This, this is way after the old covenant. This is in Malachi. But this, but this is before the new covenant. But even with the new covenant, let's just say that God did away with tithing in the new covenant. Why wouldn't we want to do it? Why would we want to give up on this? Oh, the, the windows of heaven being open and him pouring out such blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. Why would we want to give up on that principle that we find in the word of God, this promise from him? Amen. He promises to open up the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that we will not have room enough to receive it. I remember when I started my photography studio and um, I began, I, that was right about the time that I got saved, that I gave my heart to Jesus at the age of 31. I knelt in my closet, gave my heart to Jesus. When I went to my, my pastor's church and he began to talk about tithing and giving, man, I got a hold of that thing and I began to give tithes and offerings. You know, I actually began to give tithes on what I wanted to make rather than what I was making. <laughs> God just gave me the faith to believe and to step out and do it, and I began to do it. And I gave tithes and offerings, and just to be a blessing to my pastor, I would, um, whenever I could, I would put a $100 bill on the, on the pulpit just so that he'd step up and preach good. <laughs> he'd get up, he'd say, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and he'd preach even better. I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm asking you all to bring $100. I'm just telling you that's what I did for my pastor because I, I just wanted to be a blessing to him. And that's, that's where God promises to bless us. If you're, you're doing this so that blessings would come to others, he says blessings are going to come back on you. Remember, seed, time, and harvest. What I make happen for someone else, God will make happen for me. Well, what happened with my little studio that was on the backside of nowhere in Old Town Spring didn't even have frontage in any of the big streets in Old Town Spring. I was behind all the good stuff. But that studio blew up so much that I did not have room for all the people who were calling to make appointments. I had to give appointments to friends of mine who, who, who used to work at the same place I did, and they had started studios too, but theirs were sort of, you know, just barely getting going. I, I began to send them appointments that I did not have room for on my calendar. I was booked six months in advance with 27 pages on a legal pad of people's names and phone numbers just hoping for a cancellation to get in. And I know that I know that I know that it came because I became a tither and a giver. Amen. Amen. So I've seen, I've seen God do it. So why would we want to miss out on that? But we know that Jesus said in the New Testament, he had a perfect opportunity to say, well, there's no, there is no more tithes and offerings. God did not say that. And Jesus never said that. He said, you tithe mint and cumin and, and your spices, but, but you, you, but you um, ignore the weightier things of the law, which is mercy. 
So that would have been Jesus' perfect time to say, well, you don't need to tithe anymore. He said, but you tithe and you do right that you do tithe. Is exactly what Jesus said. So tithing is still for today. Amen. Because the house of God is still here. The gospel is still going forth. So we've got to support it. Amen. All right. So tithing gives God a justifiable right to bless us. Because he put it in his word. He put it in his word. So when we do that word, what do we say? When we do the word, all these blessings come upon us and what? Overtake us. I'll make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Blessed when you go in. Blessed when you come out. It, it causes blessings to come on our life when we're doers of the word. I can't just know about tithing. I've got to do it and be a tither in manifestation. Let me get some amens this morning. Y'all encourage me. All right. Number three, tithing provides ample provision for the work of God. It provides ample provision for the work of God. When the church has more, it can do more. Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house so, so that there's spiritual food in God's house. So the church needs sufficient resources to carry out its mission. So we should just rejoice and uh as we pay our tithes, that there's an abundance of resources in God's house. We just rejoice as we come in and we give our tithes and our offerings. You know, we just are, are glad that the house of God is here, that it's here to bring the gospel to this generation. Amen. And, we're, and, and we have to make it our business to give the gospel to this next generation. So that's why we have to be faithful to do it. Amen. All right. So um, there was something I wanted to say there, and I forgot what it was. It's okay. Bring it back, Holy Spirit. Number four. Tithing honors God as first in your life because the tenth part that you separate for God is not the last tenth if it's left over, if it's there. If i got enough left over, I'll give God his tenth. No, when you tithe off the top and you give God the first ten percent, that's what causes the blessing to come on the rest. And that shows that he, the tenth is the first. The tenth is the first part. Everybody got that? It's not like if, it's left, if I have it left over, then I'll give it. But no, we trust God in faith, and we give him that tenth part up front. I mean, Uncle Sam gets his up front, and y'all ain't mad about it. Right? When you get your check, don't you look at the withholdings? I mean, at least God trusts you to bring it to him. Amen. Uncle Sam don't trust us, does he? <laughs> no, 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 no. They take it out up front. Amen. So, um, so it honors God as first in our lives. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So not the last, first. Amen. It's an act of my worship to him when I honor him with the first fruits first. Amen. Number five, tithing demonstrates, demonstrates my acknowledgement that he has given me everything I have and my obedience to give him what belongs to him. So what we have, we have because God has blessed us. Real good place to say amen. We have what we have because God has blessed us. He's blessed you with a talent. He's blessed you with a job. He's blessed you with the gifts that you need to do that job. He has blessed you. And everything that you have, you've got to see this is every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Amen. If it's a good gift and it's goodness in your life, it's come down from God. Amen. So, tithe, it, it, um, it demonstrates my acknowledgement that he has given me everything I have. And my obedience to give him what belongs to him. Because that tithe is his, remember? The tithe is his. 
The tithe is his, and so I give it to him. I return it to him. It's already his, right? We have to, if, as long as we get that straight in our minds, First Chronicles 29, 14. It says, but me, who am I? And who are these people? This is David after he's received a big offering to build God a house. Who am I and who are these my people that we should presume to be given something to you? Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've been given from your generous hand. Wow. And that's, that's the attitude that we need to have when we bring our tithes. Amen. Number six, tithing causes a supernatural spiritual exchange to take place. Causes a supernatural spiritual exchange to take place. It gives God a justifiable right to bless our lives. We give our natural and heaven releases the supernatural blessing. Those things that you need that money can't buy. Those doors that you need to be open. The favor that you need in this place. Like I don't need, I don't need money right now. What I need is favor. What I need is this door open for my kid. I need this door open for my life. Or I, I need something that money can't buy. Amen. So supernatural favor is released into our lives. And favor is God raising up somebody somewhere to use their power, their ability, and their influence to help you. Amen. Causing somebody to do something. When somebody says, you know, we don't normally do this. That's favor. Amen. I don't know why I'm doing this for you, but I'm going to do this for you. That's favor. Amen. That's, that's, you better know at that moment, that's God moving in your life. Amen. So it's favor. You can expect favor when you're a tither and a giver. That's what God does. He does things for you that you need that's more than just money. It's prosperity across the board. Amen. So um, Malachi 3, 10 through 11. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing. So you've done your part. Once you've done your part, here's the supernatural part of God. I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. See, back then it was about, it was about their crops. See, now we go to the store. We, you know, we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, places where the devil could come and steal, kill, and destroy. God says, I'll guard that for you. As for a tither and a giver, God gets in between it. You might say, well, that's not fair. Shouldn't he do that anyway? Cause I'm a child of God. Yes, but look what tithing, tithing does. Amen. He says, put me to the test. A special blessing comes on your finances. Amen. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I'll guard them. He'll guard them. So we have to pass the test. And the Bible sometimes is full of people who did not pass the test. Gehazi did not pass the test. Adam and Eve did not pass the test. Adam and Eve, you know, God says, there's this one tree in the garden, people. This one is mine. The rest... You can eat freely from any of them all day long. You can eat until you throw up. But just from this one tree, it's my tree. Don't eat from it. They didn't pass the test. They took what belonged to God. And that's what got us in a mess that Jesus had to get us out of. Amen. Achan did not pass the test. You know, when the children of Israel went into, into the promised land and they went to go take the first, the first city, the first city that they went in to take was Jericho, right? So they go in and God gives them a plan. You just march around the city seven times. And on, on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. And the walls, you're going to shout. The walls are going to fall down flat. Supernaturally, I'm going to give the, I've given the city into your hands. Now just go take it. So they went in to go and to do that. And, and so they, they did. But God said, it's the first city. 
don't take any of the spoils because whenever they'd go in and take a city, all the spoils were free for the people to take. All the money, all the clothes, all the cute shoes, whatever was there, they could pick up all the silver, they could pick up the bronze, the candle holders, I can take this furniture, whatever they could carry off, the children of Israel would carry it off as spoils. He says, but not on the first city because the first belongs to God. Don't take anything. He called it the accursed things. If any of you takes of the accursed things, you'll call it, cause a curse to come on the whole camp of Israel. So they didn't know it, but this dude Achan took a, a Babylonian garment and some silver and some gold, and, and he took a bunch of stuff, a big wedge of gold. He just couldn't help himself. And he took it, and he put it in his tent and hid it in his tent, thinking nobody saw, but God saw. See, everything is open to the eyes of God. He sees everything. So Achan took what belonged to God. So they got ready to go. Of course, uh, Joshua didn't know this. So Joshua told him to get ready to go take the next city, which is called Ai. And Ai was such a small place. He said, don't even send all of you. Just, you know, a few of you go. Y'all can take them. Y'all can take them real easy. So they go with their people to Ai to take Ai. They get their butts whooped. They had to run and turn their backs to their enemy and run away scared like little girls. And Joshua gets on his face and, and is crying out before the Lord. God said, what's your problem? Why are you laying on, why are you, why are you laying on your face like that? Get up. You got somebody who took from the, who stole from me. Because all that stuff was supposed to be for God. And so when they figured out who it was, they figured out it was Achan. And uh, Achan paid a big price. I'm not saying that, 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 that we pay a big price, but we, we forfeit the blessing of God. On our lives, we, we forfeit him being able. That's why God says you rob me because you, we rob him of the opportunity to bless us. Okay? So Achan, Adam and Eve didn't pass the test. Achan didn't pass the test. Um, look at Joshua 7, 11 through 12. It says, For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have put it among their own stuff. See, our tithe, we don't want to put our tithe among our own stuff because it's not ours, it's God's, Right? Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Ananias and Sapphira did not pass the test. Judas did not pass the test. So we got to make sure that we pass the test. Amen? All right. Number three, boldness in seed faith giving. All right? After we give the tithe to God from what is our own, we honor God with offerings. This is called seed faith giving. As this principle in the earth will not ever cease, seed time and harvest Whatever you give out, you're going to get back. Amen? So um, so this is called seed faith giving. So number one, the tithe is the minimum commitment of the believer. So your first blank is, number one, the tithe is the minimum commitment of the believer. So tithing is the minimum commitment. That's the, that's the very minimum. But you give offerings over and above that. See, Malachi 3, 7 through 8 says, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, In what way shall we return? Verse 8, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. offerings. Would you all underline that? And offerings. In tithes and offerings. That's where this is a gift you give God from you. Because the tithe was already his, Right? We got that? The tithe was already here. So when I return that to him, I still have 100% of what belongs to me. So when I take from what's mine and give to God, that becomes an offering or a seed faith offering to God. Amen. So number two, when we obey God with giving, it releases favor in the earth realm for us. 
favor in the earth realm. And we see patterns in the word of God. And the pattern I want us to look at this morning is the pattern we find that whenever a kingdom need presented itself in the word, a person stepped up to meet that need, favor was released. Wherever there was a kingdom need that presented itself in the word of God and a person stepped up to meet that need, favor was released. So the kingdom need was presented when Elijah um, needed to be cared for because there was a, a drought and there was a famine in the land because there had been no rain. So, so Elijah goes by the brook and by the brook, the, the, he drinks from the brook and God is, has prepared ravens to bring him food morning and night. So supernaturally, there was provision there for Elijah as, he, as long as he was by the brook. But the brook dried up. And when the brook dried up, God said, I'm sending you to Zarephath where there is a widow that I've prepared to take care of you. She's prepared to take care of you, the widow. So he gets there and he finds this widow. She's gathering a couple of sticks and she's about to make a fire. And he says, bring me, bring me some water. So she goes to get the water. And while she's going to get the water, he says, make me a small cake and bring it to me. She said, sir, I don't have any. All I have is this little bit of flour and this little bit of oil. I'm about to make me and my son uh, a cake from it. We're going to eat it. We're going to die. It's the last we have. There's no more. There's no more. There's no more in the land. No more. So we're going to eat it and we're going to die. He said, don't worry. He said, but, but take a kingdom need presented itself. The man of God, Elijah, the man of God that God is sending to Mount Carmel to call down fire from heaven to kill all the prophets of Baal. This man of God, this kingdom need. Back then it was the, you know, the prophets who were doing the will of God. So Elijah is still, I mean, he's, all this is still ahead of him. It all hinges. His life hinges on whether this woman gets in line with what God needs for that time. The, the, the Mount Carmel experience would have never happened where he calls down fire and, and, and he kills all the prophets of Baal. He outruns the chair. All of that would have never happened if this woman hadn't responded to a kingdom need. He said, make me a cake. She, he says, don't worry. He said, go and do as you've said. Make me a small cake first. Make me a small cake when make me a small cake first in other words bring an offering to the lord to the kingdom of god the man of god there was a kingdom need she she did it and he said don't worry thus says the lord your bin of flour and your jar of oil is not going to run out and the bible says that they ate for many days until the until the famine was over so it released released supernatural favor in her life do you see that there was a kingdom need she met it and it released supernatural favor in her life amen so that's a pattern throughout the word of God. So then uh, 1 Kings 17, 15 through 16 says, So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he, so that's her and Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. She passed the test. And then the 12 disciples, okay, Jesus has just finished ministering to 5,000 men plus women and children. So if they each had a woman, that's 10,000. And if they each had one kid, how how many is that? 15,000 people. 15,000 people on the the short end. 15,000 people needed to be fed. Jesus said, you feed them. The disciples said, Jesus, if we had a whole year's worth of money, a whole year's salary, we couldn't pay to feed all these people, plus where are we going to get it? Jesus said, what do you have? 
Well, we got five loaves and two fish, but we about to eat that because, you know, we're tired, Jesus. We've been pissed all these people all day long. We're not about to give these people our food, and it's not going to go that far anyway. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. So there was a kingdom need. They responded to it. Five loaves and two fish. They gave the five loaves and two fish. And then afterwards, what happens after they've all eaten? They pick up basketfuls. How many basketfuls did they pick up? Twelve. Why? Because the twelve disciples gave their lunch away that day. So God made sure each one of them got back a basketful of fish and bread. Look at here. Matthew 14, 20 through 21. So they all ate and were filled. 15,000 people. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Wow. So there was a kingdom need that presented itself. The disciples step up and said, okay, you can have our loaves and our fishes. It ain't much, but here you go, Jesus. Jesus took it, blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. And every time they dipped in for another loaf, there was another loaf in there. It released and triggered the supernatural in the earth realm. And that's what happens with us when we see a kingdom need and we respond to it with what we have. God's not asking for it all. He's not asking for it all. But he's asking that you prepare something, that you honor him with it. Amen. And the supernatural be released in your life. Hallelujah. Peter, there was a kingdom need. Jesus needed to use his boat because the throngs, I mean, the, ma- the masses were just thronging him. They were coming, you know, he's on the water, water line here. So he says, Peter, let me use your boat. Peter had just fished all night and caught nothing. And Jesus said, let me use your boat and put out a little bit from the shore so I can preach. And the water would sort of carry his voice. So he used Peter's boat, right? There was a kingdom need. Peter met that need. He passed the test. And so after he'd finished preaching, he said, now, launch out into the deep for a catch. Peter said, we fished all night and we didn't catch nothing. I know you don't know nothing about fishing, Jesus, but we threw fishing. He said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And they caught so many fish that the boat started to sink. Luke 5, 4 through 7. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, when he had obeyed, he met that, he had met that kingdom need. And he, and, and when he let down the nets, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them that they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Now he went from fishing all night long and catching nothing to, to responding to a kingdom need to having two boat, boats filled with fish. I'm telling you, there's a kingdom need. We're going to build this children's ministry. It is the kingdom need. Why children need to be taught the word of God? What if this is the generation that ushers in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? What if this is the generation that has to stand and their life depends on it? Very life depends on it. We need children. We we need to have a facility that we can put the word of God into these kids. That they'll be willing to stand up when they go to school. They'll be willing to stand up in their neighborhoods. They'll be willing to stand up if it means my death cut my head off whatever you got to do but I'm going to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible tells us that we're coming to those days it tells us plainly that we are coming to great days of persecution so yeah there's a need there's a kingdom need and you know what he brought us here and he's given into our hands 
so that we can give it to the kingdom of kingdom of God. We respond to the kingdom need. And then on top of that, we don't just get to see what God's going to do with our children, but he blesses us. He releases the supernatural. Favor comes into our lives. So all you got to do is respond with what you have. Peter responded with his boat. The disciples responded with the five loaves and the two fish. The woman with the, with the, with the, the, the widow woman, she responded by just taking a little bit of what she had and made him a small cake first. And she released her very life and her children's life, her household's life. She released the supernatural for them to live when people were dying all around. Hallelujah. With just what she had, God's not asking for something that you don't have. He's not asking you to go without. He's just asking for you to consecrate and get in the spirit. Why? Because your flesh. During these 28 days, I'm asking you to get in the spirit because your flesh don't ever want to do anything for God. Just so you could overcome your flesh. Your flesh doesn't want to respond to the kingdom need. Your flesh wants to go to the mall. No. But God says we, if we respond to that kingdom need, if we'll get out of our flesh and we'll get in the spirit, amen, and see that, that God needs us to respond to this kingdom need. That we'll see God move in our lives. I believe God's word. I don't know about you, but I believe the promises of God. I can't just believe it. You know, that's the thing about it. Believing it is not enough. I have to choose to be a doer. I have to get from my head to my heart and from my heart to my hand. I have to, I have to be able to walk it out in the natural and do what he says. Was it hard for that widow woman when all she had was a little bit? I'm sure it was, but she did it. Once she turned loose in her heart, it triggered the supernatural. You think it was hard for the, um, for the, uh, 12 disciples to give up their lunch? I'm sure they were hungry and looking forward to eating them fish and bread. It was hard, but they surrendered it to the hands of God and look what he did. They each ended up with their own basket. Well, they were eating good. What's it called? Double size? When you go through, what do they call it? Supersize. They, their lunch got supersized. They just got upgraded to supersize. From a piece of a fish to my whole fish. Amen. They got, so was it hard? I'm sure it was hard, but they did it. Amen. And look, and look what happened. Hallelujah. Was it hard for Peter? I'm sure it was. He was putting up nets. I've been fishing all night. I'm tired, Jesus. But you could, you could use my boat. Yes, you can. We'll put out a little bit. You could use my boat. I'm tired, ready to go to sleep. Maybe even nap during the sermon. Who knows? But he gave what he had. He gave what he had and he responded to the kingdom need. So when we respond to the kingdom need, we're going to see. We're going to see opportunity released. We're going to see good things released in our lives. Amen? Amen. Did I give you all number three? Oh, sorry. Whenever we respond to a kingdom need with giving, floodgate opportunity is released. I went straight for the close. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to another level acceleration, and, and it requires that we press. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So during this time of consecration, I want us to get violent. I want us to get violent about taking, taking the land for God. Amen? For, for pressing in and doing this. If we're going to the next level, we got to push. We gotta, it means you gotta, you got to press, push into it. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for this word today. We thank you, God, that we're pressing into the kingdom. Thank you, Father God, that as we respond to every kingdom need, that, Lord, it, 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 it triggers the supernatural. We thank you for the patterns that we see in your word. 
God, we just declare that, that you release that same supernatural power in our lives, God, as we prepare our seed on purpose, intentionally, as we prepare over the next several weeks, God. We just thank you as we come in. Our offering will represent our true gratefulness, God, for what you've given us and what you've done for us in our lives and our ability to get to participate in the kingdom of God for our day. Thank you, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for us in our day that involves the kingdom. Thank you, Father, that we're able to do it. We declare that we overcome the the flesh and we rise up in the spirit and do what you want us to do, God. May we all hear your voice during this time of consecration. Lord, as we call this fast and we begin to fast and pray and seek your face during these next 28 days, God, we thank you that we will come face to face with you, that we will hear your voice, that we will hear an idea or wisdom will be poured on us like Esther. God, we just thank you that you give us wisdom to, to walk out the affairs of life and to do your will. Thank you, Father, for just a tremendous time of consecration over the next 28 days as a fast, as a church, as we begin to fast and pray and seek your face. We ask for times of refreshing that will come from the presence of the Lord. Like today, Lord, we're so refreshed in your presence at this altar. Thank you, Father, for meeting with us. Thank you, Lord, for filling the atmosphere of this place with your presence, letting every ear hear your voice, Lord. You're speaking a rhema word to us. As we're just here in in your presence, God, we hear your voice. Let us hear your voice in this place. God, we pray in the place that we stand and the place that we sit right now is where our children will be taught of the Lord, where our children will be taught to know you, where our children will be filled with the Holy Spirit to speak with other tongues, where our children will be filled to know the Word of God, where our children will decide they want to be saved, where our children will know that they they want to be baptized, where our children will decide and hear your voice even from the age of a child, they'll know that they're called to preach. Thank you, Father God, as we sit in this place, we call it consecrated for your work, Lord God. We declare that that our children will be taught of the Lord on this very carpet, in this very room that we sit in right now. Thank you, Lord, for the power to turn it over and turn it around into the place that you've called it to be. Thank you, Father. We call forth the paint, the chairs, the, all, all of the decorative items, all the things we need for the redemption center. God, we thank you for creativity and wisdom to minister to your children. We ask you, Father, for more workers and more teachers and more people who are willing to just dress up in a costume or whatever needs to be done for that Sunday, God. We just thank you that it is a ministry that goes forth second to none. We ask you, Father, to pour out your Holy Spirit in our children's ministry where we stand now on this very stage. Children will be taught the word of God. Children will dance and sing on this stage, God. We thank you for the Lord, for the Lord. They will do it all for the Lord. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, maybe you're here this morning with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God this morning. I'm not right, but I want to get right. Would you pray for me this morning, Pastor Sally? I'm about to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, everything's about to change. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And your life will never be the same. You'll never, it doesn't mean that you won't ever have another issue or problem. But it means you won't have an issue or a problem by yourself. God will be with you. He says he'll never leave you and never forsake you. So I'm about to lead you in a simple prayer. I prayed a prayer something like this when I was uh, 31 years old. 25 years ago, I knelt down in my closet, threw my hands in the air, and gave my heart and life to Jesus. Everything I had, I gave to him. And he's been able to take my life and to turn it into something meaningful. So he's going to do the same thing for you today. If this is your place of kneeling down, throwing your hands in the air and saying, I give it all to God today. I'm going to pray. 
if you would just repeat this after me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that God raised you from the dead on the third day. And you're alive now. Come into my heart. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name. Well, you prayed that prayer just now and you meant it in your heart. Congratulations. You've just become a child of God and uh, you're part of the family of God and nobody gets to sneak into heaven. You've got to let somebody know that you prayed that prayer. And so what I'd like for you to do is just fill out your connection card and on the back, there's a little box that says, I choose Jesus as my Lord. Put a big check mark right there so that I know that that's you, that you prayed that prayer. And then I can follow up with you and let you know what you need to do next to be successful at uh, being a child of God. Amen? Because there's some steps that you need to take.